Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Those of you that check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, or even just the social media clips that we post to at Ross Tucker pod on Twitter and Instagram can see the helmets, the game balls. It's a long time ago now at this point. I did play against a lot of guys from the SEC, which is great because today is a big, big day. My partner in crime on this show, my co-host, the great Emery Hunt. You see him all over CBS Sports HQ. The guy started football game plan 15 years ago, which is why you should follow him on Twitter, like I do, at FBall Game Plan, as well as Football Game Plan on YouTube. And then just sign up for the draft guide now. Just get it over with. You're going to want it. Nobody has the depth and breadth and I always am proud when I do that and don't sound like a moron saying those two words back-to-back. Footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. And I've noticed, Emery, you're also all over Giants camp this summer. Yeah, man. It's, it's, you know, it's been great to get back out there. You know, because of COVID, we weren't allowed to be out there uh, as much as we were uh, prior. So 2020, I didn't go to – I went to one practice – uh, 2021, I was, you know, sort of in between whether or not I should go. CBS Sports had me doing some stuff, so I just didn't really have a time. And now I have a, a more defined schedule. I'm able to get back out there and, uh, you know, witness some some practices and, and talk to coaches and players. So it's been fun. Um, it's been hot as hell. And, you know, I'm about two shades darker than I was prior. But it's just it's good to get back out there. Then you remember why you don't like football practice as a former player. You know, it's so funny, man. So many things you just said. So number one, okay, I, I and I detailed this on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I went to the Hall of Fame enshrinement festivities this weekend. And of course, Saturday, it had all clouds. And I looked up in the sky, not, not, no blue, totally cloudy. So I go to the, sh- the enshrinement ceremony and the speeches, and it opens up. And I've got no sunblock, 
no hat. And for the party that night, I'm just like red. Tony Baselli at a private party, my face, I'm just like red. So mad at myself. I didn't at least bring a hat or something. And then uh, I've been to a couple of Eagles practices and it's crazy, man. Like I just, when I'm out there, I'm like, how was I 320 pounds <laughs> with a helmet and shoulder pads running around? This is miserable. I'm sitting here, you know, at 250 with a hat on and sunglasses and sunblock and I'm eating a Rita's Italian ice to cool me down. And I'm still pretty miserable. How did I do this? I have no idea. I'm, I'm always, it, it, I always tell this to um, some of the beat writers when we're walking toward practice before it starts. We have to go through the metal detectors or whatnot. And I'm, I'm looking around as there's a fan tent and there's fans that practice every day uh, since day two of camp. Right. And I'm, and I'm talking like, bro, I, you know, I don't know as much as I love football, you would not catch me at a practice if I'm, you know, as a fan of a team, there's no way on God's green earth. I went to one practice when I graduated college, went to a Saints training camp practice, never again. And that was in 03. I was like, I'm done with this. You remember why practice sucks, you know? And it's like, there's no way if I'm not playing, coaching, or as a media member, am I ever going to a practice? Like, no way in hell I'm sitting out there in the sun just for the sport of it, watching my team go through individual drills. It's not happening. I bet it's helpful for you from a scouting perspective, though, to see these guys up close, to see the drills, and just to try to reinforce in your head what NFL players look like, how they move, their height, weight. I feel like that's invaluable for you, Emery. Ross, that is a huge part of why I love going to practices at, at the pro camps and love watching preseason ball because you get a true one-to-one. -one. So you're seeing a high-end first-round pick, a Kayvon Thibodeau, next to a guy that was undrafted but as a really productive player as a rookie, as an undrafted rookie, and Quincy Roche, next to a guy that was a height, weight, speed, you know, take a flyer on in the fourth round, Ellerson Smith type guy. And you also now carry those things into your scouting season uh, for college football. So you are already locked into what works, what may not work, okay, yeah, this guy is dominating here at this level, whatever level it may be, G5, FCS, and so on and so forth, that may or may not work at the pro level or at the NFL level. Now, also, you're watching, you know, USFL, XFL, you're like, okay, I know that will work there. Maybe this guy's actually better suited to play indoor football or needs a little bit more pro seasoning and going overseas. So being at a pro practice, an NFL practice, is so invaluable. I'm surprised I don't see a lot more uh, draft analysts there. It's also why you see at these practices so many scouts. You see the, the, the giant scouting staff out there watching practice, and you see guys from other leagues, the CFL and uh, USFL, are also attending these practices because, again, you know there's, a, there's not that much of a difference between the 53rd guy and the 54th guy but in some cases, it may be that 65th guy that you say, hey, okay, I see something here. I know this guy has talent, but there's only so many players they're going to be able to keep. We can bring that guy in, and he'll be perfect for what we do. Maybe it's an undersized defensive end that could be uh, you know, a, a star defensive end at the CFL level or maybe a taller, longer, maybe not as fast DB, but he could be a, you know, a perfect 
weak side linebacker in the CFL because of his coverage ability. So for me, going there is huge, and that's a big reason why I'm able to cycle through a lot of prospects or just be able to pick up on, you know, where we're watching small school games. So like, oh, that's a pro player right away because I've been at these practices and seeing what pro athleticism and pro skill set looks like. Let's dive into some of these SEC guys because there's a lot of good ones and they obviously have a, a pro skill set. Really curious to hear what you think of Alabama quarterback Bryce Young. Listen, I, I like Bryce Young. I, I feel like his suddenness is something that really puts defenders in the bind. You know, he's not a 4-4 guy, I don't believe. He's not, you know, a Lamar Jackson elusive type make you miss. But he's almost like Russell Wilson in terms of his escapability, his ability to extend, and his ability to make plays on the move. I like how he's able to lock in when the game gets tight, the game is on the line. I always think back to that Auburn game 90 yards away and needing a touchdown, leading that drive and, and throwing a perfect ball on a fade ball as he's getting hit or, you know, just like things like that. You say, okay, he's, that's the, the extra that you look for at the quarterback position. So you already know, Ross, I don't care about height, weight, you know, your arm length, all that stuff like that, the position. I just care about how you play situationally. When the game's on the line, inside the red zone, third down offense, that's where Bryce Young excels. He's probably going to measure in at 5'10", 185, but he plays a game like he's 6'4", 220. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like, back in the day, there's no chance a guy like that would have been a five-star recruit and win the Heisman. I mean, it's really changed. I think it's changed, frankly – for the better. Curious about this next guy. Man, I was watching some Charles Cross tape for this past draft, and Will Anderson destroyed the right tackle for Mississippi State. I couldn't even watch Charles Cross, Emory, because Will Anderson was in the backfield every play. Obviously, he's good. How good is he? Let's let's run through some names, Ross. Corey Moore, Terrell Suggs, Von Miller. All of these guys that were quote unquote undersized edge guys that just found ways to the quarterback consistently, that's Will Anderson. And he is not like, okay, I'm gonna just turn it on on passing downs. This dude blows up run plays. He's blowing up play action. He's blowing up, you know, straight drop backs. He's blowing up, you know, when they're going empty. And it's just like, okay, once that back leaves, that's the key for you to just go ahead on and, and shoot. And he does that. And he's always disruptive. He's disruptive and he's also making plays he to me is a clear-cut top two pick um because you know it depends on which team needs a quarterback and blah 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 but if i need a football player if i need the best player in the draft i'm taking will anderson and it wouldn't surprise me to see him probably should have been there last year him going to the heisman trophy ceremony he is that dynamic of a defender and like i said those names i've mentioned talking about how they were in college that's exactly how he was and how he is currently as a player. Just his zero to 60 is tremendous. His ability to uh, close is, is outstanding. And his ability to finish the play is where you want it to be for a top-tier uh, pass rusher. Is he a D-end or an outside backer? What do you, th- what do you think his fit is, Emery? Yes. He, he's all that. <laughs> <laughs> he is exactly what you want on defense. Like You'll find a way to, to figure it out. Um, I could see a situation where he's a sandbacker, you know, kind of like how the Giants utilize uh, Aziz Ojolari, 
where you can see him as a hand in the dirt guy, or you can see him, you know, offset on that tight end, but still being able to be a pressure player. So I see him uh, being utilized in a multitude of ways, but primarily as a guy that can get to the quarterback and also kind of blow up run plays going away. You know, this next guy really stood out to me, which says a lot considering just how good his school's defense was. I'm talking about Jalen Carter, the D lineman from Georgia. As good as all those other guys were, Emery, there was a bunch of games where I was like, who is that dude? And he wasn't eligible for the draft, just like Bryce Young, just like Will Anderson. I know there's often a lot of good guys coming back in the SEC, but it feels like, I mean, it feels like all three of those guys could have been like top 10, top 15 picks this past year, Emory, if they were allowed to go, which by the way, they should be. That's a whole other story. But, you know, if you're a top 10, top 15 pick, it it's almost a shame to me that they have to come back to school. But I think Carter would have been too. Yeah, especially when you think about if you're circling – um traits for an interior defensive lineman all right let me circle ankles you know his hands and his eyes all three of those things tend to work in unison with carter you know he has quick feet he has fantastic and quick hands and he finds the football so he's not just blindly blowing up in the backfield there's a there's a functionality to his process you know there's a certain procedure he goes through to find his way to the football so he's whipping these guards he's able to shoot show power if he has to bowl through a tackle he shows versatility and rushing it from all three techniques or multiple techniques but mainly from three of them and he's always able to not only get into the backfield but then read react retrace and get to the football so yeah he's someone that to me would, would have been a top 10 pick um, and it's rare for a guy that can, you know, that's not a you know draft eligible player that you say this guy is ready. Uh, clearly, you saw that as a freshman from a Julius Peppers um, from, you know, obviously Herschel Walker as a freshman. Like, come on, like certain things you just see like, OK, this guy is ready to play Adrian Peterson or whatnot. Derrick Henry um, and, and Jalen Carter, I think, can fall in that guy in that, in that realm. I know the late great John Madden once said. One of the only players he thought could have made the jump from high school to college or high school to the pros was uh, DJ Williams, a linebacker that ended up going to play at Miami. So, yeah, there are certain guys, and, and to me, Jalen Carter is one of those players. And what he did on film last year, um, just from an instinctual, from a quickness standpoint, from a, a ball get-out standpoint, he's, he's another one of these top 10 picks, uh, top, you know, one of these 50 top 10 locks we're going to talk about, you know, all throughout draft season. <laughs> Well, he's definitely ready, uh, no doubt in my mind. I'm ready, too, by the way, for Friday night doing the Eagles game against the Jets on television because I have a awesome suit, tailored suit from Express. They got them on trend. They're made for turning heads, all different kinds of shades, prints, and fabrics made for the fall. I'm good to go. I got the full monochrome look. I might even wear it to my cousin's wedding September 10th after the Army UTSA game. They got a suit for every occasion, whether it's Eagles Jets Friday night or my cousin's wedding. What are you waiting for? Find your new fall favorites at Express, online or in-store. All right. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Emery, let's keep it rolling. What about DN? You were talking about Aziz Ojolari. How about BJ Ojolari from LSU? I, I like him as a as a he's a strong run defender because um, he has linebacker eyes. He played linebacker initially at LSU, and and you can tell when those guys either go from uh, the back to the front or when guys tend to go front to the second level. And Ojolari's eyes really makes him a tremendous run defender. And he understands situation. You watch him rush against Mississippi State. You see him just getting back there and, you know, making plays. You watch him against a team like Florida that brought to the table Emory Jones, Anthony Richardson. And it's like, okay, I'm going to be more of a contained rusher. I'm going to, you know, stay scheme efficient and and stay married to what we're trying to do. I'm not going to fly upfield. I'm going to play with more push than pressure, and it worked out for him. He was more of a, a solid run defender in that game as opposed to the pass rusher. So you like that he's able to play both games. And I, I keep stressing this point, him having skills, or having linebacker in his history makes him such a solid run defender uh, at the the point of attack. You know, so it's it's, it's almost like when uh, Devin uh, – oh, the, the uh, plays for the Bucks that played at LSU. Devin White. Devin White, because there's like so many Devins that play linebacker now. Um, Devin White was a former running back at LSU that turned to linebacker and saw the linebacker position from the running back's perspective. I feel the same way when you have these linebackers that understands how run games work and what linemen are trying to do. And his ability there helps him as a defensive end. I see him just like his brother as a sandbacker at the next level. I always think it's interesting when the younger brother goes to a different school, you know, especially when the older one had a, it seemed like good experience, but I guess you never really know. All right. This next guy, I think we've talked about him before a little bit. He's a little polarizing, but I think you might even said you think he's the top prospect. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I know a lot of people, Greg Cosell, when we're talking about quarterbacks a couple of weeks ago on the Ross Tucker football podcast, very intrigued by this young man. It's quarterback Anthony Richardson from Florida. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I, I do think he's the number one quarterback. Um, let's say he checks off all those height, weight, speed boxes, number one. The ability to make plays and overcome bad plays, I think that's key. I keep going back to the LSU game. It was one of the more entertaining games of college football last season, but you saw some things in that contest from him that says man this dude just has it you know he threw a bad interception early in the game after that he was locked in and was making key read key throw key play after key read key throw key play in that game even the game ending interception he threw as he was getting hit it was the right read because the receiver was had the linebacker beat but as he got hit the ball kind of hung in the air and that's how you know, 18, the linebacker made the play. So he was able to make the right read and right throw under the rest. He just couldn't step into the throw. So 
when you take what you saw last year in bits and pieces, I remember calling the game at Morgan State, and you know, before our game kicked off, we were watching the Florida South Florida game, and I look up, I see the seventy-five yard touchdown run. I was like, "Dang, that's that's pretty dope!" Like the dude really took off. Then you know, I go do something, look back up. I was like, "Oh, they must be running the replay of the you know seventy-five yard touchdown run." No, it, it was another seventy-five yard touchdown run for for Anthony Richardson, the one where he pulled up because he uh, pulled his hamstring. So he has that ability. He can make every throw out there on the field. He's paired up with, I believe, is a, a one of the better coaches in college football from a recruiting and development standpoint in um, Billy Napier, and he's getting a souped up, uh, supercharged version of Levi Lewis in Anthony Richardson. So I think this is going to be another Heisman candidate. And because of that, I do feel like he's going to be a top, you know, tier quarterback prospect right now. He's my number one quarterback prospect over young and over Stroud. What about Levis? Uh, Let's get to Will Levis from Kentucky. They've got some similarities, right? I mean, I don't know if I talked to you about this. I told Greg Cosell about this Emery, but I remember when Penn State, there was a quarterback competition between Tommy Stevens and Sean Clifford. Okay, Stevens ended up getting drafted. And Stevens was, uh, I think he moved to tight end now or something. He went to Mississippi, he transferred to Mississippi State. Clifford's been Penn State's quarterback now. This will be like his seventh year as Penn State's quarterback. But I had a couple of people at Penn State tell me, if you came to our practice, the guy that you would be like, who is that? is Will Levis. And this is when Levis was either a true freshman or a redshirt freshman, but he is big. He runs well. He's got a hose for an arm. They said, you know, he was just young at that point, so he wasn't ready to beat those guys out, but he was very impressive. thought he had a really good year last year in his first year in Kentucky, Emory. What do you see from him? You know, a lot of things that you mentioned. He's big. He can run. Um, he has, you know, some – gamer in him like a guy that you know you could tell he he loves playing football i, I want to see him do a little bit more so this year in protecting the football and i know they're switching coordinators and and that's going to be big uh for him but at the end of the day you want to see him like cut down on the interceptions and start making those plus level plays uh that you want to see from this kentucky offense and that can be what separates this team let's say just in the sec from you know, people already think Kentucky is the third best SEC team right now going into this season. Well, maybe they could challenge a Georgia in the in the East Division um, this season. And I think that's directly tied to Will Levis and really leading from the front. So for me, there are some I, I'm not as as conf, I don't I don't um, feel like his deep ball is consistent enough. I feel like he throws a lot of these shorter to short to intermediate plays. You want to see the intermediate to deep develop more so this year. Let's get to an offensive lineman, and that's uh, Osiris Torrance from Florida. The only O lineman on the list today. By way of the University of Louisiana. So that's why he made the list, Ross. You know, first of all, uh, let me get on my little soapbox right quick because I don't appreciate how all of these SEC teams. I'm talking about LSU and Florida decided, hey, we're going to raid the Raging Cajun program for all of their pro prospects. We're going to take Osiris Torrance and we're going to also take Makai Gardner, LSU, take him our top corner. And now we're going to, you know, these guys are going to say, oh, yeah, 
Osiris Torrance, University of Florida, when they go to the pros, and Makai Garner, University uh, LSU, uh, when they go to the pros. You know, instead of saying University of Louisiana, but I digress. But Osiris Torrance is another in a long line of fantastic Cajun offensive linemen. Run game is where this dude dominates. You know, he's able to, to combo block rather well. He's not sloppy in that regard. He's climbing to the second level. He's able to wall off guys, pin guys in. Uh, he's getting consistent movement. You know, and this is against some of the bigger teams they played. You know, you talk about Texas. You're talking about App State that does a lot of creative things up front defensively. I love the way this kid blocks and going to Florida. Word is he's already their best offensive lineman. So watching him and now going to a situation where even though he played with pro talent, he's playing with, you know, good talent there at Florida. He's someone that's going to find himself being in the first round because of how he plays and how they've done. Uh, I'm talking about Coach Napier and company in developing offensive line. Rob Sale is, is one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. He's now he left the Giants last year and now is going back to college. He's out there in Florida. Torrance is going to be a first round pick. Really, he's that good. He is really good, and it's, it's rare for a guard. But here's someone that can develop quickly. And now you now he's going to get that SEC paint put on him and is going to make what he was already doing at UL even better because it's at Florida. So I really like the fact that a guy like this can get a chance to play in the SEC and improve his draft stock and play, you know, for a big time program like that. But it does hurt. It hurts my heart a little bit for Louisiana and for these other programs because it's like they do a great job evaluating. They do a great job developing. And it's like they're doing it for somebody else. <laughs> it's tough, man. Aaron Taylor, um, college football Hall of Famer, a yeah. colleague at CBS was like, he put out a tweet. He's like, man, it's almost a, a negative if you are, you know, in, in recruiting with the transfer portal because you're doing all the work. You're developing guys. And these guys, um, you know, go and, and leave. I'm like, yeah, stairs in FCS through NAIA. Like, man, it, it would suck to to really – and that's a lot of reason why you see guys like, man, I don't – you know, some coaches I've talked to said, hey, man, I always ask them, who are your pro prospects coming up for the upcoming season? And they'll, they'll say, okay, this off the record. You know, here's so-and-so. Uh, but, man, I don't want you to tell – say, you know, say his name because then he going to get poached. I was like, that's a damn shame that it has to be that way. But you're absolutely right, man. It's tough because we did all the work. You overlooked this guy. We bring him in, we develop him, we we highlight his skill set, and we know these kids always want to play for what they've seen on TV. So you dangle that, hey, Power Five, you know, ABC football um, out there. They're going to take it, they're going to jump, and they're going to go, and you can't blame them um, because they're still kids at the end of the day, but it does suck for the program and for the coach. Speaking of that, hearing a lot of buzz about this Jameer Gibbs at Alabama that transferred from Georgia Tech. Emory, I've been dying to hear you as a former D1 running back break down what you've seen from Gibbs. There's a lot of hype coming about this young man right now. Bro, he was the lone reason why Georgia Tech was watchable last year. It's like, man, they are terrible, but this running back is dope as hell. And that's Gibbs. And he is – I know people threw out the comparison, Alvin Kamara. I, I have no problem with that because you can see why they throw that out there. He's dynamic in all three facets. If you need him to be a returner, he can do that. He has great vision. He can catch the football down the field. He's a downfield threat in the passing game. And is probably one of the better broken field runners 
in college football. So you have a situation where Bama goes from, you know, these factor backs where you just, you know, hand the ball off and they just plow into, you know, linebackers and defensive linemen. You now switch the game up and add a dynamic tailback to pair with a dynamic quarterback. Bama got better this offseason. And it's almost criminal. You know, after we get off this call, I'm probably going to go, you know, phone my my local representative and be like, hey, man, y'all need to check in the Bama. Because how do they let this offense get even more explosive and dynamic and let them get a game breaker at running back? So Gibbs, and we, this has been a common theme here, Ross. Yes, he's another first-round pick. I know people out there feel like, oh, you don't take running backs in the first round. Yeah, you don't take any running back in the first round. Jameer Gibbs, you take in the first round because he's someone that can affect the game on all three downs and also on special teams, and he doesn't need volume to be successful. What about cornerback Kaylee Ringo from Georgia, Emory? I love his ability to to understand what's out there on the field. Like, you see him playing um, the boundary rather well. I understand what a sideline is. I know I'm 6'2". I have a, a significant height advantage. I can pin this guy to the sideline, use my length to, to block out the sun, and make it tough for him out there on a the perimeter. And for a taller guy, he's effective as a blitzer coming off the short corner. So there's a lot of things you like about his game, mostly how he's able to play with great, uh, you know, spatial awareness. So he understands where he is. He's patient. And when he's deciding to go and drive on the ball to make a play on it, and he's also technically sound to use his length to his advantage. Last but not least, a guy that Greg Cosell really liked and brought up when we were talking about some of the top receivers on the Ross Tucker football podcast, Cedric Tillman from Tennessee. It's funny, man. When you talk, you know, I know it's not a one-to-one or whatever, but Tennessee is is either top one or top three at, at in terms of wide receiver you, right? Anthony Miller, Willie Goat, Pickens. You look at the, the recent Dante Stallworth, you talk about uh, Nash, Man, there's so peerless price. There's so many Tennessee wide receivers. You could always sell me on someone coming from Tennessee playing a position. Uh, Valus Jones last year goes uh, to the Chicago Bears. And I, what I like about Tillman is that he understands how big he is as a receiver. He has great ball tracking ability. So he's able to win off the line, then slowly wean his way in front of the defensive back and stack him. And then as the ball is approaching, he knows how to play high post. He knows how to sky up above the room and make the play to where the defensive back really doesn't have a chance. And he, I think he's had, he has underrated acceleration to the ball. Now, after the catch, he, he's a bit long leg. But again, he's 6'3". What do you expect? But he also shows the ability, despite that, you know, being despite being a long-legged guy, um, he's able to make some things happen after the catch. So I think he's a, a vertical threat. kind of plays a lot like Kenny Galladay. I don't know what his true top end speed is, but I know he whatever his speed is, he uses it to his advantage. It works for him. He knows how to get open and knows how to, you know, track the football and kind of neutralize any speed deficiency he may have going up against maybe a faster corner. So I'm a big Cedric Tillman guy. I think he's a, a solid outside receiver. I think he's more of a number two at the NFL level, but definitely someone you could win with at all three levels. Check him out on social media at FBall Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube. We're youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. You can get the draft guide, sign up for it now. Footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. Next week, it's uh, a hodgepodge, it's a mixed bag. 
Emery gets to pick any of the guys, the top 10 guys he wants from the other FBS conferences, the so-called group of five, the FCS, whatever he wants. The week after that, believe it or not, we'll have some games to pick and preview, which is just unbelievable. Blows your mind. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. And we're done. The keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.